Welcome to Energy Matters in the Classroom with Robin Berlinski, the show that highlights and celebrates the kinetic and potential energy in classrooms across the globe and why it matters. We are heard nationally wherever fine podcasts are available and weekly on the radio at Charleston, South Carolina's 1250 WTMA Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock. We're right here at our home base in Charleston, South Carolina. Also letting you know we invite your questions and comments when you visit our official website, at thelearningring.com. And Robin, I know you have some very important announcements before we bring in our guest today. I do. Thank you. I want to uh, ask everyone to please follow me on Instagram, Robin underscore Berlinski, and Facebook, The Learning Ring. It helps us reach more families, and I would be so grateful. And I want to tell you about something really exciting. We're getting ready for our March and April Learning Ring pilot Zooms. And if you're interested in participating... It's free. All you have to do is follow me on Instagram and then DM me your email, the age or ages of your child or children, and two interesting things about your family. And remember, we love energy, so make those fun. And then we'll be choosing five parents from each of our grade level bands. The first is birth to 4K, kindergarten through second, and the last band is third through fifth grade. And then we'll be announcing those um, participants through email on Valentine's Day. So watch for that. And then to thank all of those parents who participate in the March and April pilots, you are going to receive free access to the 10-month live Learning Ring Zooms starting September 2023. So you don't want to miss this. Oh, that is exciting. And, you know, this show always presents opportunities to have a good time. But today, I can already tell, is going to be even a higher level of good time. Not only because you have a personal relationship with this person, but he's an exciting business. Let me introduce Dave Williams, who is the chief meteorologist with ABC News 4 here in Charleston, South Carolina. He has experienced all sorts of weather from hurricanes and tornadoes to blizzards. And I need you to help me with this one. What is Grapple, G-A-G-R-A-U-P-E-L, your spelling. <laughs> what is that supposed to be? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like hail oh, and sleep all in one. It's a real word. Okay. All right, let me finish oh, your yeah. introduction. He's been forecasting the weather along the coast of South Carolina for the last 20 years, truly loves weather and living in the low country. Welcome to Energy Matters in the Classroom with Robin Berlinski, Dave Williams. How are you, Dave? Thank you, Ron. Thank you, Robin. Thanks for being here. I have to jump in. I'm going to share a story. Um, So how did I meet Dave Williams? Well, it goes back to my time at the Children's Museum when I was director of education and Dave would so graciously come in and meet with our littles in the art room and talk all about really cool things like clouds and he would bring shaving cream and paper bags and pop them and they would jump and he'd talk about lightning and thunder and I mean, he brought weather to life. And Dave, then, remember, you and I would go out to lunch, and we would just talk about all kinds of things. And then um, now I'm at Engaging Creative Minds, and he comes to our summer camps, and same thing, all levels, all grades, and we just have so much fun. We always do. And uh, Rue Jean has a fantastic cheeseburger, I'll tell you that right now. (laughs) Yeah, we were right across the street. We were so convenient. So convenient. But... um, Dave, I want, you know, this is a show for parents and teachers and K-5 teachers primarily. And so I want to point out before we jump into some great stories, and I do want to ask about your history because you have a great story about how you even 
became interested in doing what you do. And I want to point out that weather is a South Carolina state curriculum standard in kindergarten, second grade, and fourth grade. That's so awesome. I it's didn't know that. awesome. Yeah. And I'm going to throw out some cool things to Dave in a little bit and see if he can come up with some cool activities. So Sounds good to me. And, <laughs> and I do. I go out and speak at a lot of these schools and I speak at all those grade levels. And it's just interesting to see how they progress from kindergarten through fourth grade. And by the time they get to fourth grade, it's almost like they're experts. I love it. It's called the spiral curriculum. Keep revisiting those, those content areas. So um, tell us about your story. I know you grew up in O. And tell us about that. And that's probably where you saw the blizzards, right? Yeah, we, we saw plenty of snow where I grew up in, in Northeast Ohio. We saw snow, we saw tornadoes. Uh, we even saw the remnants of hurricanes. Uh, Hurricane Hugo went right over top of my head when I was 13 years old in Northeast Ohio, and it was still a tropical storm. That storm made landfall in 1989 right here in South Carolina. And over 600 miles away, it was still a tropical storm. So when I was 13, I was already fascinated with the weather. But it goes back even farther than that. When I was three years old, like every blue-blooded Ohioan, what do you do during the summertime for vacation? You go to Myrtle Beach. <laughs> so we went, we went to Myrtle Beach, and I didn't know it at the time, but when we got to Myrtle Beach, the first thing I wanted to do was go jump in the ocean, put on my swim trunks. I went running out behind the hotel, went to jump into the ocean, but the beach was gone. And what had happened was Hurricane David had come through a few weeks earlier and completely eroded the entire beach away. And there was no sand left. It was just a cliff from the back of the hotel down to the ocean. And I learned at a very young age, at three years old, what Mother Nature could do and how it could impact our lives. And I was always fascinated with it. So I think that spark started when I was three years old, and here I am a little older than three years old, and I still absolutely love what Mother Nature can do. Wow. So we always ask this question uh, on the show, did you have a favorite teacher, and in fact, was that favorite teacher someone who steered you in the direction or supported your desire to one day be a meteor meteorologist? Did I pronounce that correctly? Yeah, meteorologist, okay. correct. And I, I, I don't think it's one single teacher. And honestly, not all my teachers really supported what I wanted to do. I believe it was second grade. I was looking out the window at Orchard Hill Elementary School, and I was watching the clouds go by on a day where storms were expected, and I just kept watching the clouds. And my teacher, she said, hey, Dave, get your head out of the clouds. <laughs> And it Literally. was like, well, that's right. And it's like, that's what I love. But it didn't deter me. And I did have many teachers along the way that inspired me. When I got to high school, I took earth science. And I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't the best student in school. And I took regular earth science. And I didn't pay attention. I just went to class, had fun with my friends. And... It came time for the first test, 
and they dropped that first test down in front of me. And the teacher knew that I hadn't paid attention. I hadn't studied. I hadn't done anything. And he dropped down that test and I got every single question on that test right. And I got the extra credit. And he said, you don't belong in here. You have to go to the AP class. And he kicked me out and sent me to the AP class. And I was all of a sudden put in with all the smartest people in my high school. And I did just fine. But he inspired me to think about it and to do more and to study harder and learn more about the earth and the earth systems. So that was John Marshall. I remember him very well. Um, Also in high school, um, I don't call myself a journalist because I don't have the journalism background that most people at my station have. Um, I'm a, I'm an atmospheric scientist. So I study the atmosphere and one of the most valuable classes for me, and I took the class twice, there was a speech one and speech two class. And my teacher, his name was David Brunner. And he taught me how to speak extemporaneously. And if you know what a TV meteorologist does, you have to do impromptu extemporaneous speaking all the time. So that was one of the most valuable classes that I ever had because it taught me how to speak in front of a group. It taught me how to speak in front of a camera. And that's been one of the most valuable things. I never would have thought it at the time, but it really has become very valuable as I've advanced my career. You know, what that reminds me of, and you know, David, at Engaging Creative Minds, we provide arts programs in local schools. Theater is such an important part of education because it prepares these students to be able to present themselves and, and, you know, do have speeches, but work, you know, sell themselves in a job interview and all those great things. So I love that you just said that because it just underscores the value of these kinds of programs and the arts. Absolutely. Because my science classes, that's the core of what I do, the science and the math behind it. That's the core of what I do. But to get my message out there, I have to be able to communicate with people. So it's not just one class. It's the culmination of everything. Yeah. Uh, But Dave, when you're, you know, learning your craft and you're going to school and you're fascinated by the science of weather, at what point in this process did you say, well, you know, I think I'd like to be on television. I think I have the personality Uh to entertain the folks, to bring them up to the minute weather information to keep people safe. I mean, there's got to be a level of adrenaline flow, especially during an emergency. What was that transition like? Yeah, that, that's, and I remember the exact moment. That's a great question, Ron. Um, it didn't come till college. Um, so I was in college. I went to the Ohio State University, and I got a degree in atmospheric science. And I did an internship while I was in college. I thought I was going to work at the National Weather Service when I graduated from college because that's what most of the people in our program did. So I was being primed to work at the National Weather Service and I did an internship at a television station in Columbus, Ohio. And I worked for NBC4 in Columbus, Ohio, did my internship there. And I interned with Melissa Barrington. And Melissa, who worked at Channel 4 in Columbus. She worked at the Weather Channel for a while. Um, She said to me, she said, you know what? You're pretty good at this. Ah. And this was after 
several weeks of forecasting and working in front of the green screen and making the graphics. And she said, you have a chance to do this for a career. And I thought, you're crazy. And here I am now. I've, I've been doing television since 2000. So working up on 25 years now of working in television. So it took that one person to believe in me and say, you can actually do this. And here I am. I love that. I want to um, go back to you as a student looking out the window at the clouds and your teacher asking you to get mm-hmm. your head back in the window. And it reminds me <laughs> of something I want to point out. And it's, um, you know, Elizabeth Gilbert, who wrote Eat, Pray, Love. She used yeah. to always say, like, follow your passion. You know, she would do workshops around the country, around the world, and tell everyone, follow your passion. And she's actually changed it now. And the new message is follow your curiosity. And that's where, mm. like, that really resonated me, with me when you were a child looking out the window. If more teachers could just say, you know, think to themselves, what is it that my students are interested in? And how can I really provide opportunities for them to dive into that curiosity? So I just wanted to point that out. But speaking of teachers and classrooms, I did a little research, Dave, and I reached out to my very good friend, Robin Fountain, the principal at James B. Edwards Elementary. And I said, hey, Give me some um, books that teachers are recommending. And Ashley Pompicelli, kindergarten teacher at James B. Edwards, recommends Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs by Judy Barrett. Oh, that's great for the kindergartners. And What Will the Weather Be Like Today by Paul Rogers. Then we go into Miranda Britt in second grade at James B. Edwards, and she loves the book What Makes the Seasons by Megan Montague Cash. So... For, for parents, those are great resources for you. But Dave, do you have any of favorite books that you read when you go visit schools? Um, well, definitely Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs when, when, I'm with the, uh, when I'm with the kindergartners. They absolutely love it. <laughs> um, it it's fun. Um, it teaches you a little about, bit about the weather. But it, it just, and kind of like you said with the curiosity, it sparks kids' curiosity. It's not the most scientific of books. But it's fun, mm-hmm. and not everything has to be scientific. It has, it, it needs to be fun. Um, but it, it, as far as weather books, um, whatever whatever a child is interested in, and even even cloud guides, if you can get kids a picture book with clouds, and they can start to identify clouds on their own, it just sparks their curiosity and they can start to go outside and relate what they see in the book to looking up in the sky because it is, it's right there in front of us all the time. What was, didn't you do an activity with clouds at the children's museum? With sha- oh yeah. Shaving? And you, you nailed it. Yeah. The yep. shaving with cream. Shaving cream. Yep. Yeah. So, you can, you can make all kinds of clouds with shaving cream. Tell us, tell us what you did. Cause that was really cool. And I know some teachers might want to do that in their classroom. So the beauty of shaving cream is shaving cream is soap, right? (laughs) So it doesn't make a mess. (laughs) Exactly. And when you're in a classroom setting, you can actually make the clouds or the pseudo clouds on the kids' desks. And then they end up cleaning their desk without even knowing. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So (laughs) exactly. So the teachers can't get mad at you. Um, but I make I, I always make a real thin wispy cloud. I make a cirrus cloud, and then I make a pillowy cloud, which is a stratus cloud, and I make a cumulus cloud, 
And I usually make it look like Mickey Mouse because every kid knows who Mickey Mouse is. And they say, oh, yeah, those are the ones that we look up in the sky and we can see shapes and we make, we make shapes out of these clouds. And then, I, then the kid's favorite is always the cumulonimbus cloud because the cumulonimbus cloud basically empties my can of shaving cream every time. <laughs> and I make this giant cloud and I say, this is the cumulonimbus cloud and it creates thunder and lightning and sometimes it creates tornadoes. And then I, I break into tornado safety because kids can take that home and they can make sure that their parents and their siblings stay safe whenever a tornado comes by. So it's more than just teaching about the cloud and looking up in the sky. It's about teaching kids how to stay safe when bad weather comes around. So this is actually a serious question. Eventually I'll get to it. A lot of people will say, oh, it's great to be a meteorologist because, you know, you're not right all the time. You get to still keep your job even when the forecast is wrong. But in all fairness, you're looking at, I'm sure, zillions of computer models and lots of data and trying to come up with the accurate forecast. How challenging is that to come on television every day and make sure, in your mind anyway, you are presenting the facts as you know them so the audience is aware? Well, first, I've got to say some days are a lot easier than others. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it, it goes back to the scientific method. I come into work, and I, I know I'm not going to be right every day. But what I'm doing is I'm creating a hypothesis. And my hypothesis is my forecast. And to test that hypothesis, I actually have to have the weather happen the next day to tell me if I was right or not. And I learn lessons from it every single time. If I'm wrong on the temperature, I can say, okay, why was it hotter? Was it a little bit cloudier? Was it a little bit sunnier? I can look at the rainfall and I can say, why did that rainfall get in here a little bit more quickly? Was it because of the winds that blew it in here? Was it because of the humidity rising very quickly? So it's the scientific process every single day to make my forecast. And that's why I stress when I go out and speak to kids, I'm like, hey, you know, this might not make a whole lot of sense when you're, when you're making your um, baking soda and vinegar volcano here but when you're in the real world the scientific method is at work every single day what a great lesson you know what you're saying right now is the kindergarten standards the so i'm going to read this to you dave analyze and interpret local weather condition data including precipitation wind temperature and cloud cover to describe weather patterns that occur from day to day Use simple graphs and pictorial weather symbols. There you go. That's exactly yep. what you do on the news. Here's another one. This is fascinating to me. Develop and use models to predict seasonal weather patterns and changes. Bam. So this, this last standard I, I want to share because I think it's super cool. And this is that strategic thinking that we love to provide for students. Divine, def, the, define problems caused by the effects of weather on human activities there's your three-year-old running to the beach only to find it not there and design solutions or devices to solve the problem how cool to take that into a kindergarten classroom and say hey 
I went to Myrtle Beach and the beach was gone. What could I have done yep. and solve some problems? And what caused that? Then they learned that a hurricane can do damage and that they don't want to be around when a hurricane is nearby. I love it. So it teaches it teaches evacuation. It teaches everything. And to go along with that, too, even the cumulonimbus cloud, when I teach them a cumulonimbus cloud can create a tornado, and I say, hey, whenever you see me on TV and I tell you there's a tornado warning, you and your family you get to your safe place because that weather could cause big problems and we need to stay safe. That's a great message. And I love that cumulonimbus. That's just so fun to say. You got that on the first. It is. Because <laughs> I said it very <laughs> slowly. Um, Dave, I love following you on social media because what Dave does is he's very real. He'll say like, you know how we get a hurricane here in Charleston? It's coming. It's like, 30 days away right. <laughs> people are buying toilet paper and dave's like hold hold on everybody and dave what you're so great about is even down to the last few days you're like you know what i'll let you know go about your daily business like you're so real and i love that and i want to just say is there a way parents and listeners can follow you on social media absolutely uh on probably the best way is on facebook um i'm on facebook Dave Williams, ABC News 4. Um, you can get me there. Uh, Twitter is great, too. That's more for real-time data. I'm at LC for Low Country, WX for Weather, and Dave, at LCWXDave. Um, and Twitter and Facebook are a little different, so I put different messages out on each platform. Um, I can go much more in-depth on Facebook and you said it. The when there's when there is a hurricane or a tropical storm or or somebody sees a threat for that, that's not a guarantee. It's it's just the fact that we know there's a storm out there, and of course we're watching it, but we don't have all the data yet, and we collect that data. And the more data we collect, the better the forecast gets. So it takes a while to put it together, and what I've found is that you shouldn't roll up your sleeves and scare everybody on TV. What you should do is provide facts. Because if people have facts about what is or is not going to happen, they're not going to rush to do to get out of town or rush to grab everything they can in the grocery store. What they're going to do is take those facts and use those to get their family prepared for what's coming their way in a calm manner. And that's the big thing. Whenever there's a hurricane coming, you don't want people going crazy. You want people to stay calm and make rational decisions. And that's what I try to do is convey facts so that people can make rational decisions. And that's great. And I, I'm going to encourage any second grade teacher listening that you want to follow Dave on social media, because here we are again in the standards, Dave, second grade, obtain and communicate information about severe weather severe weather conditions to explain why certain safety precautions are necessary. So see, they can follow yeah, you. And, and, and you have to do it all year long. I mean, just, just a week ago, we had temperatures so cold that people's pipes were freezing. So that's not something that is normal here in South Carolina, but we have to convey to people, hey, drip your faucets. Um, make sure that you bring in your pets. 
so that your pets don't freeze. And then you move into severe weather season. Yesterday, we had a tornado watch. So we went from freezing cold temperatures to a tornado watch. And you have to convey to people the fact that this weather can be dangerous too. So the weather a lot of times is very, very good. But those few days a year where it's not good, you really want people to pay attention. Dave, you mentioned earlier in the interview that uh, one of your greatest uh, learning, uh, I guess, processes over the years was learning how to speak extemporaneously. You've been in the business and the game nearly 25 years, which is incredible. There's got to be a couple of blooper moments you can tell us about. (laughs) I love bloopers. (laughs) Uh, Honestly, they happen pretty much daily. We just try to cover them up. So we wouldn't recognize Um, them probably, right? Because you're so good at it. Sometimes um, I've dropped my clicker before. Um, That's that's always fun. I have to say, excuse me, while I drop the clicker from being clumsy here. Um, One of my, I I remember this very well. Uh, It was in uh, Steubenville, Ohio. Not Stupidville. Steubenville, (laughs) Ohio. That's where I got my start. I worked at WTOV Channel 9 in Steubenville, Ohio, and our computer graphics just went out. No computer graphics whatsoever. And we were all pretty young at the time, and they said, well, just get a, get a, get a shot of Dave. Just put Dave up. So you had my head, just my head, on TV talking about the weather for three minutes straight. And I did it. I made it through. Um, Another time, and this was a real victory for us. This wasn't too long ago. This was probably about seven or eight years ago. uh, And this was here in Charleston. My weather computer just completely froze before I went on the air. And I had nothing. I was standing up there and I was like, well, here's my one graphic that I have to talk about for the next several minutes. And we had some teamwork the director behind the scenes said, why don't we tie the anchors in with this? And they brought the two anchors in and they started drawing pictures and they started asking me questions about what the weather was going to do. So we did this big back and forth for three minutes long of what the weather would do. They even drew a seven day forecast for me. And at the very end, they drew a picture of a snowman and they said, do we have to worry about this? And I said, oh, no, 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 we don't have to worry about that. But that made it to number one on Reddit. From a, from a bad situation, we took a bad situation, turned it good, ended up number one on Reddit, and I got a brand new computer system out of it. So I, I gotta it, jump it's in. funny we've, how... We've got 15 seconds nice. to wrap this up because you're such a great, great guest. We flew through this interview. Love today. it. Dave Williams, the chief meteorologist with ABC News 4 here in Charleston. Dave, what a great guest. You made it so much fun. Love it. Thanks, Dave. Well, thanks for having me. I can always talk weather. See you next time. Bye-bye.